What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. I hope that everyone had a fun, easygoing Labor Day. I, we are back in action today to talk about the Cowboys, and we are days away from the NFL kickoff and the Cowboys season opener versus the New York Giants. So overall, pretty good news across the board. However, there is a little bit of a dark cloud right now hovering above the Cowboys and above Cowboys fans because there is an injury concern. There is somewhat of a scare going on. The Cowboys say that Tyler Smith is fine. Jerry Jones this morning was on 105.3 The Fan talking about how everything that they knew up to that point about Tyler Smith didn't make them rule him out for the game versus the Giants on Sunday night. And of course, we are talking about a critical piece of the offense here because Tyler Smith is one of your starting five offensive linemen. And what have we talked about all offseason long? Starter-wise, the Cowboys are pretty good at offensive line. Healthy, they probably have a top 10 unit in the league and with a chance of cracking into the top five. However, we know about the depth problems. And yes, we know that there's a lack of depth across the entire league, and that in itself should be a concern. However, we still are aware about how the Cowboys, like right now, try to think about it. Who takes Tyler Smith's place if he is absent? And we'll explore that in a few moments here. But the fact that there is not an immediate answer at, at backup is a problem for the Cowboys, especially when you go up against the New York Giants. But first, let's talk about what we know so far because there's no ruling yet for Tyler Smith. Tomorrow is the first day uh, of an official injury report for the Cowboys. We'll see if he is limited in practice, if he's going to be missing practice for the week. But we know that hamstrings are tricky in the NFL. They could, they can be gone in a couple of weeks. It can be nothing major. And you can play an entire season with having deal uh, dealt with that early in the year. But we also know that they can linger throughout entire seasons. Heck, they can linger throughout entire careers. So they are very tricky. What we do know is that the MRI came back for the Cowboys after Jerry Jones was on air on 105.3 The Fan. And the one thing that we know about the MRI is that it did confirm a, a hamstring strain that are a lot of degrees to this injury. So we really don't know much about it anyways. But the status is in question for Tyler Smith entering week one. My question for me to you here in the chat before we dive deeper into this conversation is, is this a big deal, small deal, or no deal entering the 2023 NFL season? Let me know in the chat. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'll say hi right now. We've got Joey Bella. We've got Danny Savage, Gregory, Toxic Tom, Katharina. We've got Jaime. We've got Gerald over on Facebook. Who else do we have around here? Joel, Guru, Peter Rizzo, Rich. Thank you so much for being here. 
Colin says TJ Vaz's moment may come sooner than anybody expected. And some questions on that front in a moment here, because I'm not sure it's going to be Bass if it becomes uh, a necessity to have somebody else play the position. Uh, Joel Wilson says moderate. David Miller goes with small deal. Gregory goes with big deal. Peter Rizzo goes with small deal. Joey Bella goes with big deal. Danny Savage goes with huge deal. So as you can see, a little bit of a controversial question right now in the chat. And I think it's because we just don't know. We don't know what the situation is for Tyler Smith. We just know about the hamstring strain. Even if he misses practice tomorrow, we're not really going to know what the status is. So this is going to be a storyline from here until Friday or even Saturday. Could see it be a game time decision even. We'll see. But as I said, hamstrings are this injury where it can be gone in a few days depending on the on the severity of it. Or you can literally miss up to a month or even longer on extreme cases, right? But uh, this could knock out Tyler Smith for the kickoff game versus the New York Giants. Emphasis on could. Again, we don't know. Jerry did say that they were not expecting anything serious, but that was before the MRI. So the question right now is how important of a word is confirmed in Michael Gelkin's report from the Dallas Morning News, because is it just a confirmation of the fact that it is a hamstring strain, or is it a confirmation of all of the Cowboys' beliefs around the injury? We'll find out when the moment comes, but it does bring back those concerns about how we have not seen the healthy version of the Cowboys' offensive line in a long, long time. This group of players was not out there on the field the way that they intended to at the beginning of 2022 since basically Tyron Smith got down, uh, went down in last year's training camp. Because last year, the prop, the plan was also Tyron Smith at left tackle and then from left to right, Tyler Smith, Tyler Viadish, Zach Martin, and the recently paid Terrence Steele. Now we are in this spot where we might not see that combination even in week one. And again, and again, we don't know what the situation really is. Uh, there are going to be reports from here until the NFL kickoff. Uh, but it does bring the question of, do you want to be cautious if it is close? Like if the Cowboys feel like they are better off having Tyler Smith wait for one week or even two weeks, do they take that route? as it is just the beginning of the season. And of course, every single game matters the same, even if it takes place in week one or week 17, 18. It's just our perception of the games that changes. But do you really want to put an, an end to that injury right away and have Tyler Smith wait it out a little bit? Or are you going to have him, as Lance Bell says in the chat right now, are you going to have him go ahead and tough it out? On the one hand... I'm all for having Tyler Smith tough it out because I don't want to play the New York Giants without Tyler Smith. And that is for two reasons. Number one, they do have one of the best defensive line duos in the entire NFL. Credit where credit is due. This Giants team is not going to be easy to beat. And that starts in the trenches. And that starts with Dexter Lawrence, who broke out 
last year. We knew what he could be for a while, and 2022 was the first year in which he had a fantastic season, so much so that he earned a higher PFF grade than Aaron Donald, and we know how we feel about PFF grades, but it's at least an indicator of how he did. He had the numbers, too, in terms of pressures, defensive stops, all of that. Uh, Dexter Lawrence was pretty great. And they've got Leonard Williams, who's been good for a while, too. It's one of the best defensive line duos in the league. They're on the inside. They're defensive tackles. And if you are missing one of your interior starters on the offensive line, that's really one injury that spells trouble for the Cowboys. It, it can be one of those factors in make, that makes or breaks the game, especially considering who could be replacing Tyler Smith because whoever the ends were would be in that hypothetical scenario where Tyler does miss a game, right? Because it is a possibility. We cannot talk tonight about the, the report from the MRI and act as if it isn't even a possibility. We can't because we really don't know so far until there is, there is additional information on it. But whichever answer you could have at backup is going to be a major drop-off from, uh, from Tyler. Because Tyler Smith is legitimately good at this game of football. And he's likely going to be much improved after one more offseason, after having more preparation at left guard and actually played that position in week one as opposed to what happened last year when plan B came into effect pretty quickly and suddenly you were starting on the outside instead of inside. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough one to figure out over the next of uh, over the next few days, but again, number one reason why you don't want to play the Cowboys without Tyler Smith are those defensive tackles. The number two reason is Wink Martindale, the defensive coordinator for the Giants. He's not about to go easy on the Cowboys in terms of blitzes because his identity is blitz, blitz, and blitz. This guy is obsessed with that. So the Cowboys are going to see some pressures when the game starts on Sunday night. We know that Dak Prescott is good against blitzes. We know all about that. But when your communication and your chemistry is messed up, unexpectedly like that and then suddenly the Cowboys are not going to are potentially potentially not going to have that group that they were planning on that starting group of five you can have some communication issues we know all about that we know the blitz pickup is a lot about communication right where are we sliding towards who is my man in this situation in that situation it's going to be an issue if he does miss the game I really believe that. I think that that interior defensive line and those blitzes from Wick Martindale deserve that respect. I'm not saying the Giants are going to go out there and win the game against the Cowboys if Tyler Smith doesn't play, but it's going to be much tougher to actually go on the road and pull off that win. Now, again, we don't know if he's going to be ruled out at all. Hopefully he isn't. Now, Kevin Lamar right now, Gives me the perfect segue into the next question. Shout out to Kevin. He says, next man up. It's tough to figure out who that man is right now. And I'm wondering about it right now. The Cowboys have only eight offensive linemen on the roster. And the three backups are TJ Voss, the undrafted free agent, 
And we know that the Cowboys wouldn't shy away from tossing an undrafted free agent into the fire because they did that in 2020 with Terrence Steele. So the fact that he's an undrafted free agent does not rule him out. However, interestingly enough, in the Cowboys unofficial depth chart that was released today, TJ Vaz is listed as a second team right guard. Now, it is an official. It might be just a formality, and we'll get into that in a little bit here. But listed at left guard as the second team player, excuse me, you've got Azim Richards, who actually looked pretty good on the outside in the preseason. And then there's also Chumaya Doga, who they brought here to play everywhere because that's what they were doing with Chuma in the preseason in training camp. But he is coming up from an injury. We're not even exactly sure if he's ready to go week one, if he's going to have any sort of rhythm, if he is healthy enough to play or if, or if he's going to be even inactive by the time the game starts. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see where the Cowboys go if they do need to go with somebody else when it is time for game time. Pretty intrigued by that. Uh, it could be Richards, who was a fifth-round draft pick, or it could be TJ Voss, who looked pretty well on the inside, but mostly played on the right side. Pretty much that's where we saw him all training camp long, all preseason long. I wonder if they would be comfortable with him being a swing guard right away and have him play on the left side. I am kind of guessing that it would be a tough ask for him. But again, we do know that being in a UDFA does not rule him out based on what we've seen so far. I would kind of lean towards Asim Richards being the guy that they go with if it comes to that. Uh, but again, time out and let's all rewind and say it might be Tyler. It might be Tyler Smith at the end of the day. He might be fine. That's what we're hoping for. We're crossing our fingers for it. Let me get into some comments right now. But before I do that, do me a favor and smash the like button. We are live every Sunday through Thursday night. Uh, and every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. So I appreciate you. If you do that, take that fraction of a second to go ahead and hit the like button. Lance says, Tyler will be fine. Inez says, in my opinion, they are going to take care of business on both offense and defense. Uh, Guru says, I don't know why, why coaches did not flex back Bass at both offensive guard spots in the preseason. Let's see here. Chuma sucks, says Danny Savage. Chuma is not going to get a lot of love from, from many fans, I think, just because we didn't see a lot from him too. Let Bass get the reps, says Kevin. Dexter says, Giants not even worried about them. We will start off for an O. There you go. That's the added. Reality Cowboys says, TJ Bass needs to get the start. He is a strong AF. He really is, man. He moved some people in the wrong game during the preseason. And he looked surprisingly well in pass pro as well. So, man, oh, man, you don't want to be in this situation this early in the year. As long as it isn't anything that becomes a nagging injury for Tyler Smith, it shouldn't be that big of a deal. But let's give the Giants some credit. Let's give them some credit. They were... They were a tough out last year. And sure, the Cowboys got the best of them. But they were in the playoffs. A lot of that was thanks to one score, one possession games that they won. 
But Ryan Dable, that coaching staff, they're good, man. They're good. Let's give them some credit in that sense. And it's a league of matchups. They're going to have to come up with a very strong plan. If Tyler Smith cannot go to really limit those menaces that they have on the interior defensive line. I love that, you know, it is a season. It is a season already. So I understand entirely the optimism and conviction that the Cowboys will be fine. David Miller says, relax, it will be fine. We own them, says Channon. So I love that since the season is already here. Whoa. All right, wait. Okay, I'll get to that comment in a moment here. But again, I love that when the season is already close, we start seeing some trash talk in the chat. And I, I, I respect that. I love that. Dexter Williams says, why don't you just cut ties with Tyler? Help me out, Mo. Wait. Why, Dexter? Tyler Smith is one of the best young offensive linemen in, in, in the NFL, maybe, right now. Like, he looked legit last year, tasked with almost an impossible task to prepare as a left guard all of the offseason, right up until the end of training camp, have him be moved outside and still play at a high level, move back inside in a, a few spots and still look good. Tyler Smith, in my opinion, was very surprising last year. Of course, you're not going to cut ties with him. The guy is very good, Dexter. That's the reason why. Uh, he's legit. He's, a, he's an actual starting offensive lineman in the NFL. Okay, Dexter, Dexter got them mix, uh, mixed up. Okay, I understand now. I, I actually imagine... Yeah, Colin says, I assume that he's confusing... Tyron for Tyler. Okay, that's probably what happened. Dexter is admitting to it in the Facebook chat. I understand. I understand now. I, I was a little bit, you know, I was caught off guard, Dexter. You had me like, wait, why? What, what did Tyler do? <laughs> Plus, he's a great dude. And, you know, if it was Tyron, if it was Tyron, uh, since we're already having that conversation, the guy is freaking good when he is healthy. Like, extremely good. 2023 will be interesting because I wonder if we'll see some steeper signs of decline from Tyron Smith. I'm hoping not, of course, because that would be a concern moving forward. But I think that the reason why the Cowboys are pretty comfortable going with this plan into the season and having Tyron and Tyler out there is that if Tyron does go down, Tyler already proved himself to you at left tackle. He might not be as elite of a force right, right away, maybe in the future, but right away he won't be. But he can kick outside and, and he will be able to take care of the job. So right now, your best five is your best five. It's what the Cowboys are rolling with, so you understand it. So the guy, the guy can, can play at a high level still, I believe, in the, in the case of Tyron. So I agree with that decision as well anyways having answered that and having uh solved that weird moment that we had there let's move on a little bit here on the show that's a tyler smith situation we'll continue to monitor it but the cowboys unofficial depth chart came out today and keyword is unofficial right the cowboys are not about to give out every secret that they have uh, towards the Giants way or anything like that. No team is going to do that. So there are going to be 
some blurry things in those depth charts. One of the things that caught my eye, though, from it was where tight end Luke Schoonmaker was listed at. Because according to the Cowboys depth chart, your starter for week one is Jake Ferguson. Your number two tight end is Peyton Hendershot. And then at number three, you've got Jay, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, excuse me. So Luke Schoonmaker listed as the number three tight end. My question from me to you is, is that a formality or a reality entering week one? Let me know in the chat. What do you think about that? Because I was caught off guard by it. Because it's a situation where, okay, Luke entered the offseason aiming to compete for the starting role with Jake Ferguson. And then the injury happened. And then he missed OTAs. He missed minicamp. He missed most of training camp. And in the meantime, Peyton Hendershot was battling it out with John Stephens, the undrafted free agent. There was a, there were some whispers out there about how Peyton could lose his job to the rookie. Even the Jones said on the radio, like, hey, John Stephens was about to make the roster if it wasn't because of the ACL injury. So that would have happened. And it's kind of difficult to know who would have been the odd man out. Would it have been Hendershot? Would it have been uh, McKeon based on the Lipke thing? You might assume that it would have been Hendershot. So, because it might have been both is what I mean. So Hendershot is not like this super established tight end either is what I'm saying, right? He was fighting for his spot on the roster while Schoonmaker has missed time. But the little that he has played, he's shown good things. He might not be out there making spectacular catches, but he's out there blocking his ass off. And honestly, he's done a great job blocking, in my opinion, so far. He's had some big-time moments blocking. He's had some mistakes. I'm not going to say no. There were a couple of rich blocks here and there that he didn't make uh, in the preseason. But that Deuce Vaughn 14-yard run versus the Seattle Seahawks was a great block from him. That Malik Davis big-time run from the uh, by the left side versus the Raiders was also a big-time block from Luke Schoonmaker. So what do you think? Formality or reality that he is listed as the number three tight end? Let's see here. Colin goes with formality. Shannon with the reality. Reality for week one is Lance Bell. Formality for T-Zilla. Katharina goes with formality. Same as David and Guru and Joey Bella. So that is definitely the majority answer so far. Oh, man. I want to circle back to one of those comments in a moment here. Uh, I, I agree. I agree with most of your comments tonight. I'm going to go with formality for this one. I think that... Schoonmaker is going to be out there in a lot of situations. And Hendershot, and it might be pretty even, because we know that Hendershot is more of a catcher than Schoonmaker is. But I just think the Cowboys are going to want the blocker in the offense when they run 12 personnel or whenever they need a second tight end on the field. So I'm going to go with Schoonmaker basically being the number two tight end. I'm going to say that it's a formality. It's kind of this situation where, well, you didn't earn it in training camp because you were injured and 
you got to prove it. You still got to prove it. So I kind of like the message. It's consistent with what we see across the entire NFL. It's almost logical that they take this route. But I do think it's a formality. I think I do think that uh, this is Koonmaker's job to lose at this point. Uh, number two tight end for the Cowboys. Aaron Wilson says, formality, Ferguson is number one. And who's number two does not likely matter a lot. They'll both get snaps. And likely at some point, they'll need him to step up. It will require patience. Now, I'll say this. One of the top things to monitor in this game is how much 12 personnel the Cowboys actually use when, when the game kicks off against the Giants. Uh, it might change because it also might be a little bit of a game plan thing. But just overall, are we going to see a lot of 12 personnel? I wonder about that. We'll find out. They could also run 13 personnel, as Shannon says here in the chat. We'll see how much of that stays in the Cowboys offense now with Kellen Moore gone, especially in those red zone situations and, and uh, goal line situations. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I do want to read this one, though. I do want to read. I, I'm Okay, yes. I do want to read this one just for comedy purposes. Just for, just for that. King Early the Wise says, Even Trent Dilfer had to make a few clutch throws in order to get to the Super Bowl. Can Dak do that? Oh, no, I, I'm sorry. I'll say this. I misread it. I thought that this was a comment kind of like saying that Dilfer uh, was better than, than Dak Prescott and all that. Uh, so, no, I, I apologize. I thought that it was going to be a little bit funnier. I think the Dak has shown some, I mean, I think that, you know, some people say, some people think that since the Cowboys have not been to the Super Bowl, then Dak wouldn't be able to make the clutch throws to make the Super Bowl, even though we've seen him make some so many clutch throws throughout his career. It's funny, man. It's like Matthew Stafford with the Rams, like. Sure, Matthew, Matthew Stafford is not Super Bowl material. He's not Super Bowl material until he was. And it was a coincidence, quote-unquote, that it happened when he was with a decent football team and with a and with Sean McVay and with one of the most talented rosters in the NFL. You got to respect the trolling. I'll say that. I'll say that. But, hey, King the Wise did try and did get us talking about it. This offensive line is not going to the Super Bowl, says Danny Savage. Whoa, pause. Is it not, uh, I mean, I'm not predicting that the Cowboys will go into the Super Bowl, but is this offensive line not top 10 in the league right now? I would have, I would have a tough time finding 10 better offensive lines. If we're talking about depth, if we're talking about backups, that could probably change. And as we said, the Cowboys are carrying three guys, three backups on their 53-man roster which is indicative of the fact that maybe they're not as deep, right? However, however, starting-wise, this is top 10 in the league, and that counts for something. And you look at depth across the league, and it's also very tough to evaluate. Like, I don't know an, an NFL team that's going to be happy with their offensive line depth that's not named the Cleveland Browns, because Cleveland is insanely deep, deep at offensive line. Like, it's just not. It is not out there for any team other than the Browns. But yeah. 
King early to wise. The Rams gave up a lot to get the Lombardi. That's not the conversation, though, is it? That was not the conversation. But hey, change the topic. Catherine says, oh my God, I cannot wait to see all my starters play on Sunday. I miss football so much. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready for it. And I got to tell you right now. <clears throat> I got to tell you right now that a college football, my team is not going to cut it this year. Because <laughs> Clemson, oh man, I don't want to, I don't, I, I'm not even ready to talk about it. So my NFL team better step up because the Yanks are not doing it. Clemson is not going to do it. Cowboys need to step up, man. They do. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Let's move on here, though, a little bit. Uh, other than that, there are not going to be a lot of comments from the depth chart because, man, there are no surprises out there. No surprises in it at all. Deuce Vaughn listed as a running back, number three, behind Rico Dowdle. Hunter Lipke at number four. Pretty interesting thing to follow, too, I would be surprised, it could happen, but I would be surprised if the four running backs for the Cowboys are active on game day. I think one of them is going to be inactive. Like, that's my early guess. And I would guess that it's going to be Lipke. I would guess that it's going to be Lipke. However, man, it might be dues. <laughs> I don't want to say that it might be dues because he was resting in week three of the preseason because he already earned his place in a major way. But if you're talking about versatility on game day and you want that fullback slash fourth tight end, I'm guessing that Livki is going to have to be active in that sense. So it's either the four of them active or Deuce has a legit shot at being inactive or you go into things without the fullback that beat out Sean McKeon when the Cowboys were active with four tight ends for most of the season last year. Really looking forward to seeing that inactives list when it comes out. And the tough thing about predicting them is that it has to do a lot with special teams. And those are pretty tough to have any insight of since we don't get to see much of it even in the preseason games. Let's see here. Uh, I still want to see that cover of that preview college magazine that Mo was talking about. Man, you know what? I actually, I actually can get it for you right now. I actually can get it for you right now because I did have it here on the studio this time. This is the Field Steel College Football 2023 preview. I have been collecting this magazine for over half of my life now. Big, big, big stuff. I do recommend it. Clemson was number two on these rankings. I hate it, though, uh, but it's usually pretty freaking accurate. I think that Phil Silla is the best in the business at it. Now, enough parentheses for now. Let's get into the next topic, ladies and gentlemen. My MVP bet for the 2023 season is Dak Prescott. And hear me out. I'm not predicting that Dak Prescott is going to win the MVP because I think it's going to be Pat Mahomes. But... I, a sports better, I'm not looking to predict things when I place bets. I'm looking to find value of stuff that can happen and that I think these things are mispriced from the sports books. And that's where I place my bets, right? That's what we do in this futures bet world. If I'm betting the game from Sunday, yes, I'm trying to predict it, right? But if I'm betting for the MVP and I get Patrick Mahomes at plus 400 odds, 
I'm not going to go ahead and bet that because that's boring and it's not a lot of value for a season-long bet. I'm betting Dak, though, because if you look at MVP winners over the last few years and even going back like a decade, they are usually first-seed quarterbacks, second-seed quarterbacks, because they usually win a lot of freaking games. If you look at the AFC, it's a loaded picture. It's a loaded picture, man. Because you've got Mahomes, you've got Joe Burrow, you've got Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, the Ravens with Lamar Jackson. All of those teams have like a legitimate shot at being the number one seed. So I want to stay away from the AFC. That's why I'm not betting anybody on the AFC. And I'm not betting against the Chiefs to be the number one seed in the AFC, right? So naturally, I look at a barren NFC. And the main players in the MVP race are Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. I don't think that Brock Purdy is in the conversation, even though he's in one of the top contenders in the NFL with the 49ers, right? But... Dak Prescott has several things going for him. First and foremost, numerically speaking, I think he could get it. Like, if the Cowboys win the division, which should be about a two-game difference when the time comes, I guess, or one to two games, it's going to be close between the Cowboys and the Eagles. And I think that the Cowboys have a legitimate shot at winning it, even if it's not my prediction that they're going to. Dak would be one of the favorites if they are the number one seed in the NFC or the number two seed, because I think they, he can have the production in Mike McCarthy's pass-happy offense. Numerically speaking, from an EPA point of view, last year he was second in EPA per play. If he's healthy, he can really be one of the best EPA quarterbacks in the league, which is one of the biggest statistics when it comes to predicting MVPs is, are they generating EPAs or EPA or are they not? And Dak's likely gonna be doing exactly that. Now, if you compare Jalen Hurts' numbers to Dak Prescott's numbers in terms of payout odds, Dak almost doubles Jalen Hurts. And I don't think that it's that big of a difference between the Eagles and the Cowboys to win the division. So my betting thesis right now, it's not plus 250. It's not plus 250, just to clarify though in the chat. It's not plus 250. It is plus 2,200 right now. And Jalen Hurts is plus 1,100. I agree, plus 250 would suck. But not even the favorite to win the MVP is plus 250. It's plus 450, ladies and gentlemen, in the betting odds. Actually, right now, looking at the spread, it's plus 2,200 for Dak Prescott and plus 1,100 for Jalen Hurts. So... My betting thesis is in big part like I don't agree with Dak Prescott being doubled in odds by Jalen Hurts because I think it will have a lot to do with NFC playoff seeding. And I think that as long as the Cowboys win the division, which there are better odds for me than plus 2,200, right, for that to happen, I think that Dak is going to have the numbers to be in the conversation. Plus, there is a storyline. You're the Cowboys QB. We know about Ezekiel Elliott, but just like nationally speaking, sick living is somewhat of a conversation, right? Uh, Kellen Moore is gone. So all of that could 
factor into a storyline that you could build for Dak Prescott and making the argument for Dak Prescott to win MVP. That's why I'm betting it. We'll see if it cashes by the time the season is over. Requirement for this to happen, though, is for the Cowboys to win the division. I just think that there are better odds of that happening than there are for plus 2200 type bets, right? Like, I think that it's mispriced. I think that the difference between him and Jalen Hurts is huge. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night, we'll be talking about Cowboys versus Giants. We'll be talking about matchups to watch. And then on Thursday, the prediction shows are going to be back. And that includes betting the Cowboys, where we make one weekly bet on the Cowboys games. We had a fantastic record last year. I don't know. I cannot tell you that my goal is to reach those same numbers because statistically speaking, I don't think that it will happen. But we're going to try. We're going to try to be the best bettors in the world when it comes to Cowboys games because we were awesome last year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'll see you tomorrow night. Thank you so much. And muchísimas gracias. Bye-bye.